Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast, a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. It's a podcast where I ask a guest on to tell me a sad story and then we laugh about that story. It's it's healing for some, but mostly just very jarring and difficult to listen to for others. Um, so this week I have a very special, for me, special episode and I really hope you like it. Uh, it's special because I'm recording with nobody. I'm literally sitting here on my bed and classic Sagittarius ADHD fashion. I'm recording one hour before I need to post it on my Libsyn. Last week, the episode was late and I'm very sorry. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much to the listeners because I noticed that there are a quite there there are a, a bunch of you and I'm I'm like so shocked and very honored that you listen to this podcast every week. It means so much to me. And um, I, wa- I wasn't getting emotional then. I almost had to burp. I'm sorry. But it, it does make me emotional. And I'm like, I- I'm in disbelief that there are so many li- of you that listen to this. And I-, and I hope you like this episode because it means a lot to me. I decided that this week, and the reason why I'm alone, <laughs> is that I'm going to talk about my abortion in full full unedited um, detail um and so i guess this is a great place for a content warning i'm going to be talking about abortion i don't believe it's going to get really gory because there's not there's no real details there because i was passed out um during the abortion not during the the s act it was not sa act or it actually technically it should be considered essay because the person was uh I was a minor but that that's another content warning um uh, uh grooming and me having sex with someone that's an adult when I was a technically considered a child there's a lots of that and some police abuse I I don't even know I don't even know how to give a warning for that but it involves the police uh like taking advantage of their power over me when I was a child, um, which is, it, it sounds, it sounds way worse than it's going to be. I, or maybe that's me like trying to minimize my trauma, but I, I'm just letting you know that all of those things are going to be in the story. So if any of those are difficult for you to listen to, um, this might not be a good episode for you, but you know, in, in the neat, along the nature of this, podcast i'm still gonna laugh about it because you know what else am i gonna do right and in all in all honesty this it feels very weird to be recording a podcast by myself i'm just sitting in my bedroom all my pets are here my new neighbor who loves to blast his music which i i love i'm not sensitive to sound i I like his uh, playlist it's a lot of the cure you know um so yeah i'm gonna record by myself in my bedroom hopefully it doesn't get too rambly but let me let me just tell you my whole story so let's start at the very very beginning very very beginning the story by the way I tried to record this earlier and then I kept like remembering other things and these are stories that I've literally never told anybody I haven't even told these stories to my therapist and I'm not exactly sure why and when I when I started recording earlier, like other stuff kept coming up from earlier and earlier. And I was like, oh, I should include this. I should include this. So I decided to re-record. 
So basically, I guess a good starting point to the story is when I was 16, <laughs> I was 16 years old. I had just gotten my license and none of these things have anything to do with the actual abortion. But I think it's an important part of the conversation because I think it really speaks on what life is like when you're a young woman and a young girl and technically a child and the circumstances that might lead up to somebody being put in a position where they would need something like an abortion. And I think all of these circumstances um, really have something to do with the final um, story of the abortion. So basically around the time I was 16, I, um, if you've been a 16 year old girl, whatever, whatever you look like, I'm just saying that because I know a lot of straight men think that only attractive people get essayed and stuff. If you've ever been an underaged female presenting person, you know this, you are preyed upon by adult men, right? So right around the time, like I would say that I turned maybe 14, I just got so much attention from adult men and it was disgusting. I remember getting my uh, driver's license when I was 16 and the guy giving the drive, the DMV guy asked me out on a date and he asked me if I had any kids and then looking back, I was like, why would he ask a 16, a 15 year old? I think, cause I think, or like the, it was like the week I turned 16, right? Why would he ask a 16 year old if she has any kids? And I was like, I think it was like this weird grooming tactic to make me feel like, oh, this person's treating me like an adult. And I was like, <laughs> and then he was like, well, I have a kid and you know, like if you want ever want to talk about it and have a drink. And I was like, what? now looking back, I'm like, that was like such a weird way to ask a child out. But the DMV guy asked me out and then like a few weeks later I was at the movie theater and with my friend watching a movie and there was a cop car at the parking lot and the cops were just like sitting there like making sure the teenagers weren't getting too rowdy right and when we left they pulled out and followed us which I didn't really notice but then they pulled us over because there was like a long road that led to the main road from the movie theater they pulled us over and I was like, oh, what's what's going on? Like, is there something wrong? And he was just like, what are you what are you two doing tonight? There was like these two men. And I was with my friend who was 15. I was driving her and I was 16. And they basically pulled us over to ask us out or like go to a party or something with them. And we were like, uh, no, we have to go home to our parents house, you know. And then I remember he asked me for my phone number. And I was like, I thought it was like part of the license and registration thing. So I gave it to him. And then for weeks after that, he would call my house. And I was terrified that my parents would find out because if they, they would think that he was my boyfriend, like it would be my fault. Like, if, do you know what I mean? Like men, if any man was paying attention to me, like I think every teenage, someone, whoever's, whoever's been like a teenage girl knows this, but basically adults blame us for when men adult men flirt with us right like we're being slutty so if my parents ever found out he was calling my home they would just think that I was like a flirty slut or something so I was always terrified that they would answer the phone but he would call and he would be like well do you want to go get dinner tonight and I'd be like I can't I have fucking algebra tomorrow 
you fucking and then finally he stopped calling me but i remember it was really traumatizing again all of these stories probably don't have that much to do with the abortion but this is the kind of state of like constant I would call it abuse, trauma. I don't even know. It's just like this constant trauma of being sort of attacked by adult men. A lot of them are just disgusting. Like, not that physical appearance has anything to do with it, but you know when you're like not attracted to somebody and they're like, you know, like they're like flirting with you, you feel like it's almost like like lightweight assault already, right? And they won't go away. So after all that, um, during that year was when kind of every problem that I had with my parents, like, sort of exploded. And so I just couldn't handle living there anymore. And all this weird stuff was happening with, like, every, every man that I do in my life felt really unsafe. And so I tried to run away. So I bought a plane ticket to California. <laughs> I was 16 years old. I saved, I was working at a restaurant. I saved all my money. And like the second I got enough money for the one-way ticket, I bought it. And then I, I tried to run away with z- $0 in my pocket, right? And so then I, I remember my parents were visiting Korea that week. I don't know why. My mom, I think my mom was like st- trying to start a business. So she was visiting. Um... And then I, during one of those days, I bought my ticket and I went to the airport and my sister had called the cops on me. And so the cops showed up to the airport. I think they called my friend who had dropped me off and she told them. So I, I literally, she dropped me off and like 30 minutes later, they got me and then they took me to the police station and I was like being interrogated basically the guy was like what oh this is why I remember my sister found weed in my bedroom and he was like interrogating me and he was like well we found this and there was like so little weed it was like basically like a pipe that had like that I had smoked out of once or something like that right and he was like well why are you trying to run away and so then they sent me to like child protective services like a shelter or something And I had to stay in the shelter and I don't know how long I was there because I was literally in shock and I literally spent the entire time sleeping for like days. It might have been like a week. I think it was just a few days because my dad came back from Korea and he was like, what's going on? What? And basically because of that, my entire family life as we knew it ended. Like my sister at the time was dating our neighbor and she was still living at home but basically she just moved in with him after that and then my family moved to Korea and I finished high school in Korea and that was the reason I moved to Korea in the middle of high school anyway but what when I was in Korea I got there when I was 16 and I started dating this um much older guy that was like a drummer in this punk rock band that was not well known or anything but I feel like at the time there was only like maybe five punk rock bands that were like in Korea that ever did shows and he was 26 and I was 17 and I got into a relationship with him and because of that relationship after high school I stayed in Korea until I was 20 and we were in the relationship the entire time and then we come now finally finally after all all this backstory that was my 45 minute backstory to tell you a one four minute anecdote. 
but so we get to the abortion so the abortion this is what happened i i'm trying to remember if there's any like other abusey stuff i can throw in there just to like really spice up the story i don't i don't think so i mean i I was dating all these other people that were like in their mid to late 20s which is you know nothing nothing that exciting i guess but so what, what the abortion basically the abortion i went in and i think i sorry i didn't look this up but i think at the time abortion was illegal in korea um this was 2004 2005 so i think it was illegal if you know please like contact me and let me know and i think that they I, I, I this is the reason why I think it was illegal was because I remember watching a news story with my mom and it was like this news expose being like oh all these women are getting illegal abortions and there was like the secret camera and they like caught all these women with their faces blurred out and stuff so I remember watching that news story at the time so I think it was illegal um but that having been said the this is just my anecdote from knowing so many people that lived in Korea at the time that got abortions. It was very much just done by every doctor. Nobody had to hide. Um, it was done very safely. It's just that on paper, it was illegal. If it was even illegal, it might have been legal. I'm not that that part. I'm not sure of. Right. So if you wanted an abortion in Korea, it was very easy to obtain one. The only part I'm confused about is if it was legal or not, which it doesn't even matter, I guess, in the story. So how I went to get the abortion is I just went to my neighborhood OBGYN and she, oh, this is like funny. When I was in the waiting room, this is just to show you like how immature and how much of a child I was. I was sitting in the waiting room and the doctor, I was like, oh, I don't want the doctor to call my name and I'm going to not hear it. So I'm not going to go to the bathroom, even though I have to pee. So I just sat there having to pee. And then as soon as I stepped into her office, she was like, oh, let me take a look. And she like put the camera, the ultrasound thing on. And she was like, well, your bladder is so full. Why didn't you go pee? (laughs) And I was like, because I'm scared. Um, so just like, just to show how terrified of everybody, of adults I was at that stage and what kind of mind, like mind frame I was in at the time. Like I couldn't even, I wasn't even adult enough to like, um, what's, what's the word to advocate for myself to go to the bathroom? You know, like how was I supposed to have a kid? Right. And then she was like, oh, my God, your bladder is so full. And then she was like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. But you literally just got it's so like new. It's like literally less than a week or she said something like that. And she was like, wow, like, how did you know? And I was like, I don't I don't know. I just felt really sleepy. Like I got really sleepy and I I never I've never taken a nap in my life. And I remember taking naps a lot and stuff. And she said, <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, then what do you want to do? And I, I was just like, I want abortion. And then she said, sorry, I have to sneeze. Excuse me. She said, like, super half-assedly. She was like, oh, don't you want to keep it? Like that. And I was like, no. And she was like, okay. 
Um, and I was like, I wonder if that's like a law or something. Um, cause I know, I think that's a law in the States, but I wonder if that's a law in Korea where <laughs> they have to like even try to like half-assedly attempt. She was like, she said it like, well, why don't you want to keep it? And I was like, bitch, I am 20 years old. You know, like, what are you talking about? Um, so then she scheduled an abortion. I remember it was like $350. Um, I don't remember having insurance at the time. And again, I'm not even sure about the legal, illegal stuff. I really should look this up, huh? Um, but it was $350. I believe it was just out of pocket. That was the cost. We scheduled it. And then she put me under. I don't know if that's like something they do in the States, but it was like, she just put me under for a very short time. Then I woke up and it was over and I felt totally fine. Like I felt totally normal. Um, so yeah, there's nothing very graphic. Um, but then I remember I was put in this room to recover. Like she was like, you have to lay down for like three or four, three hours before you can leave or something in case you feel weird or something. And I remember there's another woman in there, like <laughs> divided by a curtain and we were both just on the phone. Like <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. And then, um, shortly after that, I moved to the States cause I wanted to get out of that relationship which is very abusive he you know the person that I was with was an adult like when I met him I was 16 like I said and he was 26 it's not it's not normal it's weird um so before I get into my thoughts on my abortion and how I feel about abortion I just want to say I think it's very important to understand in my story and of course this isn't everyone's story but for me, like what's very glaringly obvious for me is that, listen, if you are socialized female, um, you are basically taught that you, you just have to like do things, do things that adults want you to do, right? And you have to do things that men want you to do. And when I look back at my my dating history and my life and my situation during that time and people who I were who I was dating that were full-blown adults there were so many of them not not that many I wasn't that slutty I'm just kidding but there were many of them that I dated when I was you know 16 to you know 18 and through until 20 that were much, much older than me and took advantage of me. And a, a lot of those people that I slept with, you know, that was considered rape because they were adults and I was a minor and I was a child. And I really didn't have the capacity to consent fully. And now thinking back, you know, especially having been somebody that was in my late 20s, I just think about how bizarre that is that they would enter into any relationship with a child like that. Um, and it, and it shows the glaring power dynamic in that situation. And I think this is a very important conversation because I, you know, I think we all saw that statistic that the majority of teenage pregnancies are father, the fathers are people in their mid twenties. I believe it was two thirds. I should have also looked this up, but you know what? 
you all have Google, so you can look at it now. You can also look up the abortion legality in Korea. This is Google saving my ass again. I literally am sitting in front of my computer and says, I could, t- I could type it in right now. How should I find this? The majority of teenage... Pre- anyway, um, majority of teenage... This is this is uh, pregnancies. This is a good thing about just recording by myself. No one will know that I'm not underprepared except for me and the listeners. Fathered by... F- fathered by fathers of teenage pregnant... Oh, here. Father... Father... Oh, here. Okay. Fathers of teenage pregnancy. Oh. Oh. Oh God, uh, this is a horrible. Oh God, twenty. The average age of fathers of teenage pregnancies are twenty two point seven twenty two point seven years old. Oh God, twenty five percent of babies born to mothers aged eleven to twelve were adult men. Okay, see, we 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 all knew that, but um, so the average age of a father. that fathered how do i say this how the average age of fathers who fathered the father baby of the a teenage girl is 22 years old so the average age is an adult right um and i think that's very important because you know it took me so many years to realize that that was non-consensual and it and because the how I grew up and my culture told me it was my fault just like you know like the police officer that was basically stalking and harassing me if my parents caught him calling my apart house that would have been my fault I 100% know that my parents would have gotten so angry at me and been like you fucking whore why are you flirting with a man and they they would have never ever ever taken my side and been like this is fucking abuse we have to call the fbi which is literally the appropriate response if a police officer is trying to sexually assault your child right like that would have totally been my fault and i think a lot of girls are taught that and um and then it takes us years to unlearn that and realize that that's abuse and even even that situation where i got into a relationship with an adult as a child and then and then when I became legal, I had, I became pregnant and had to have an abortion because I was in this relationship with this abusive adult. Like all of those things and those lessons should have, I have, I should have been taught those lessons and things. And if I had been, it would have never, I would have never needed an abortion because if I was dating somebody that was age appropriate, and if if I was also twenty six and that person was twenty six chances are I would not have made the mistakes that I did to become pregnant, right? So it's like, I think it's like just an important lesson that if we're going to blame young girls and women, we have to make sure that we give them the tools early on to know what abuse is. And if we're not going to do that, because we, we fucking sure as hell not, no country on earth is ever going to properly raise you know, female children into understanding that because nobody is, then we have to have laws that help them when there's an unwanted pregnancy. 
Right. I don't even know why this got really preachy. I feel like everyone listening is like, yeah, we know we already we're already agreeing with you. That's why we're here. Um, so here's the. <laughs> so I guess that's the sad. I guess that's the sad part. I sh- should I cry? I'm like failing in my own podcast. So that's the sad part. And I think the sad part for me about the abortion isn't the actual abortion itself, because like I said, I am not sad about the abortion at all. The sad part for me is like all of the failures of my society and community that led me to to that poor decision that I made with the stupid fucking guy. That's all. That was an adult. He has no excuse. And that and that's the sad part, like not the actual abortion, like all the fucking adults that failed me, the DMV guy, the fucking police officer. The, per- the person that was interrogating me after I tried to run away, you know, like there's just so much failure that happened um, with the adults in my life, plus the adults that were literally sexually raping me when I was a child. Right. OK, so now it's the f- now it's time for the funny part. So this is the thing. I am not sad about my abortion. I think it's fucking funny. I think it's stupid. And the reason why it's very important for me to say that is because I feel like especially in America, there is no room to publicly say abortion is fucking hilarious and it's kind of stupid and no one really gives a shit like i have friends that have had abortions and like in our private lives we're like fuck yeah fuck yeah abortion i'll get 20 abortions they're hilarious but then the minute you turn on you know even if you look on twitter or you turn on the news everybody's like i had an abortion it was like the hardest decision of my life but and do you know what I mean? Even if that person off camera or is probably like, fuck, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll have another abortion tomorrow. Ha <laughs> Like in front of people, we have to put on this like a uh, sappy, like melodramatic, sad front. Because if we say something like I fucking love abort- aborting babies out of my uterus or something, then they'll like the religious extremists will paint us as like monsters which they already are um and i totally understand why people have to portray abortions in a serious and like sad this is the hardest thing i've ever had to don't you know how it feels (laughs) like i you know like it was a life or death situation like i understand why people feel the need that to have to like you know package it up like that but I also want to say that for I think most of my friends it's a very easy decision it's it's not a baby I I deeply believe it's not a baby I know all of you do too it's if embryo zygote I think mine was zygote stage it was it was like the part in the health book where like the two cells separate into four that was mine (laughs) it was four cells okay um and if, you know, if you are somebody that is pro-choice, pro-abortion, and then, and you agree it's not a baby, it, it's not sad. It's just like getting a, it's just like getting your, it's like getting, I don't know, g- getting lip fillers. Do you know what I mean? Is that, who cares? It's not a baby and it's funny. Um, But I remember I was at, I remember I was at this party and I told my friend, I was like, I've had abortions. I love abortion. And we were like, yay, abortion. And then we were like, just kidding. No, but really, yay, abortion. But that's like, I always think about that. That's how I truly feel about it. 
Um, and then, oh, also I wanted to talk about, okay, I, I feel like this is out. It's 27 minutes of nonstop ramble jamble. I hope that that was interesting for you to listen to, but I wanted to talk about one other aspect of it before I go lay down and drink some water. <laughs> so I'm so sorry that I'm breathing so hard into the mic. I, I like don't have a sound engineer anymore. So hopefully that's not like ripping your ears apart, but okay. So last part that I wanted to discuss about abortion especially because i had it abroad like i said um you know like i'm sure most people know this but korea has a very advanced and uh, i would call it luxurious a luxurious medical industry it's like the exact opposite of the states where it's subsidized heavily by the government and everyone has the best medical care and, you know, I think Korea is the country with the highest literacy rate in the world. And there's so many doctors. There's so many highly educated doctors that it's like so highly competitive that the OBGYN that I went to was in like a northern sub- suburb of Seoul that was like out in the middle of nowhere. And I remember she like had her her college degree, diploma degree. Is it diploma? Is diploma like the poor version? I don't know. Like, sorry, I didn't go to college, but like the degree is it? It's degree, right? She had like her degree on the wall and and it was from Columbia. And I was like, dang, it's like rough out here in Korea. Like you could go to Columbia and you have to have a a clinic out in fucking Ilsan, bitch it's rough on these streets. Anyway, so I wanted to talk about that portion because I think it's so different than the States. And I think it might be interesting for some of you that are listening, living in this hellish nightmarish country with the medical industry in fucking shambles. It's so, it's so bad in America. Um, but so in Korea, it's so good that, like I said, it costs $350 out of pocket. I don't think I had insurance. I don't even, why would, why would insurance cover abortion? If it did, kudos to Korea. Maybe it, I don't know, but even if it did, I'm trying to remember, I think I would have probably not done it because I probably had insurance for my parents. And I, I don't know. I probably was like secretive. I'm trying to remember all the details. So it was 350 out of pocket. Um, and the hospital was like so clean. The doctor went to Columbia and what was I going to say? Oh, oh, this is what I, this is what I want to say about this too. This is more political. This is not about the medical industry, but so in Korea, I think even if it's illegal, you know, maybe to a certain extent, maybe it's like on in their, whatever it is on their law books, maybe it says it's only legal up to like eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever the truth is that they are I don't know how to explain this and this is not a negative thing whatsoever but in Korea there's like the laws are just kind of like just recommendations do you know what I mean like people are just like which isn't always a good thing but like I remember god I think I think it was like in the news and there's so many problems with this but like let's say I forgot exactly the story but my mom told me the story where somebody this is like a famous news story at the time um there was a woman 
that worked worked, if you know the story please tell me but there's like a woman that worked at her parents owned a grocery store and she was um disabled like mentally disabled and somebody had raped her and she became pregnant and they um they found out really late because she was like like hiding her body and they just like didn't notice until she was like six or seven months and the doctor was just like oh we're gonna just perform an abortion which obviously it raises so many ethical questions because we you know i don't even know if they asked this woman and she has a right to keep her baby or whatever but like what i'm trying to say i that was the weird that was like such a intense story i'm so sorry but like what i'm trying to say is like in korea there's like a lot of room in in the law i don't think like on technically but for people just to like take things into their own hands and that was a horrible story i don't know why i gave that as an example because like that is like you know the ethics are fucking all over the place but like for example if they even made abortion illegal this is obviously my opinion but i'm pretty certain that most doctors would just keep doing it because they would they would like use their own um judgment to override a law that they believed was unjust and i find that a lot about korean people and the country um just in my personal experience I'm, i don't want to generalize like for example my friend a tattoo artist and he I, I asked him last time I was there he has a big shop it's in it's in like Shinchon which is like near Hongdae which is like a very busy part of Seoul and his shop is like big and it's well known and people go in and out you know obviously because he's famous and on, on the front of the building it just says body work <laughs> and then there's like um, blinds and I said like well obviously all the neighbors here know that you're a tattoo artist and he was like yeah of course and I was like well then how do you stop them from calling the cops and like reporting you because tattooing is illegal in Korea and he was like don't you know Koreans we would never we would never snitch and I was like dang I fucking forgot Koreans like do not snitch they just like sort of live and let be and he, I mean, that's not always true. There's obviously snitchy Koreans in Korea, but he's just like a nice guy. He's like a neighborhood guy. Um, he like says hello to all his neighbors and it's like his community and they like like him and they respect him. And it's like these old Korean people and it's a nice neighborhood in Seoul, but they're like, they have this sort of ideology there where it's like, I know that this is the law, but I believe that this law is stupid. So I'm not going to enforce it or call the cops. Do you know what I mean? Like that is such a big thing in Korea that I think like even people who are like anti-abortion. Like my mom is really Christian and Christians there, they're not really tied to abortion because it's not a big like discussion there i mean at the time this is all like my my point of view this might not be true for all koreans but like my mom is like <clears throat> my mom will say i'm really against abortion but if you need one we, we should go get one you know like that's how she's always been 
she's like yeah i don't think we should have abortion unless you're pregnant and i will drive you there (laughs) and um so i think that's like a big thing like an ideology that they have in korea and sometimes i know there's a lot of bad parts to it um like that horrible story i still feel so bad for sharing that that was a traumatic story i feel so bad for everybody involved mostly the the woman because that she's the victim but like obviously there's like downsides to both cultures and how we view the law and like what's right and wrong but there's this part in korea where people are are very much about like we have to take things into our own hand and we're not listening to these old politicians and i think it it makes me sort of nostalgic for living there because of that mindset because it's almost like oh if we had that more in america it'd be like oh our government sucks and they're not on our side but it doesn't matter because we're going to take care of each other like you are going to open a tattoo shop because that's your dream well i think the law is stupid for making tattoos illegal so i'm not going to fucking say anything you know like your daughter needs an abortion because she was raped well my son's a doctor or my daughter's sorry that was sexist my daughter's a doctor and she'll do the abortion and we don't have to tell anybody and we'll just like 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 watch out for each other and i feel like that that feeling makes me feel hopeful um i don't know why that made me really sad now i'm crying by myself like that makes me feel hopeful for um like the very bleak and scary future that i think we have in this country facing this these laws like that makes me feel hopeful because it's like i do believe that there are enough uh, people out here that are gonna be like dude this fucking sucks our government is fucking falling apart i don't know what the fuck is happening but you know what we both know it's bullshit and we're gonna look out for each other so let's not fucking worry you know so it's like uh was that too rambly i don't know i don't know why now i'm like crying by myself isn't that so demented i'm just like sitting here crying about abortion now But I think that it sh- uh, should give everybody hope that there are so many of us that are like-minded. And I hope that that makes you feel better, too, if you're feeling very scared about what's, like, to come. You know, it's not just Koreans that are... <laughs> that can, it, can't, it doesn't have to just be Koreans that are not snitching. It can be all of us. We can learn something. We can live and, and let live and not be not be scared. Anyway, that was my story. I'm so sorry that I threw some weird stories. And I feel like I'm spiraling a little bit that <laughs> that I threw that like abortion in the news story from Korea. That was like, that's like traumatizing. Um, but I am, that was it, it for this episode. I have a live show coming up on May. <laughs> Every time I do this, it's always like the most abrupt, like hard left. It's like, hey, abortion our rights are getting taken away from us come to my live show <laughs> may may 21st at 7 p.m at caveat um it's gonna be a lot of fun it's <laughs> sorry 
<laughs> this is so bonkers. I'm like literally crying. It's going to be fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to laugh about abortion. We're, oh my God, I'm going to make a, we're, we're definitely going to laugh about abortion. So calm, feel, um, feel, feel better about all these sad things. Laugh, laugh while crying, get, get hair on your butthole. Um, and don't forget to join the Patreon because I'm literally never updating any posts. But if, if you want the sound quality to improve on this podcast, I, if you donate to the Patreon, I can get the our beloved sound engineer Oliver back. So if you can, please donate to the Patreon. Thank you so much for listening again. I'm really honored that all of you tune in every week. Bye. <laughs>